Well, good evening, everybody. I am Michelle Dillard, and welcome to Sisters Helping Sisters. Sisters Helping Sisters. So happy to have you here on today. Hope you had a fantastic week. And we are going to get started again. This is Sisters Helping Sisters. I have a special guest today, Brittany Dotson. Brittany Amanda Dotson is my daughter. She's a former basketball coach for Morgan State University. Welcome, Brittany. Hello. Um, we're going to be talking today because school will be starting back in August. How can parents prepare their children, children that are in sports, interested in sports, um, how can they prepare their children for scholarships um, to play athletic, athletically? Um, I think the main thing to consider uh, going into the school year, depending on especially what year your child is, um, you know, freshman through your sophomore year, um, or st still those um, somewhat tender years that you need to, of course, still be working on your ACT scores and SAT scores uh, because you have to qualify no matter if you're playing a sport or if you're going to college uh, to just simply, you know, get an education or major in something specific. You want to be sure that, you know, you have the test scores. So it's very important right now um, in that ninth and 10th grade year and even 11th grade to maybe sit for a couple of um, courses for the ACT, SAT. Um, if your school doesn't provide them, um, you, you, there are plenty that you can just Google um, in the St. Louis area as well as everywhere else around the nation um, that you can sit for these courses and some are online, but they just give you extra repetitions, extra practice so that when it comes time to take your course, um, to take your sit for the SAT and ACT, you have those extra tools um, and that extra ammo in the pocket. Uh, I was fortunate enough to go to a high school that incorporated that into our curriculum. Um, and, you know, most of the kids at our school did pretty well on their uh, either SAT or ACT, any standardized test that was taken. Um, the other thing to consider um, going in, I mean, just whatever sport you're playing, um, a lot of these coaches are looking early on, um, you know, those ninth and 10th grade years, and even as early as middle school, seventh and eighth grade, coaches kind of have some of these students already on their radar. Um, so having like a reel, um, some kind of film of you uh, showing and exposing what your talents and skills are, uh, whether it's in-game, um, actual competition, or rather it's simply uh, you working out and uh, showing some of your skills off. You wanna make sure that you, um, of course, have good camera angles and it's clear, uh, but you also want to make sure, you know, it's not a whole lot of background noise and everything and that the coach can identify who the student athlete is. Um, you can put in the video or in the beginning of the video, you know, your full name and your, your number, your jersey number, so that the coach is looking out for you. Uh, on the film. Um, of course, you can do a highlight reel with uh, just all the good stuff, of course, that you have done uh, within those competitions. Uh, that's always very helpful. But, you know, you want to see some of the mistakes too here and there. Um, you don't just want to see all the, the, the highlights all the time. Um, you want to be sure that you can see 
um, a little bit of everything. In addition, um, just making sure that, you know, the, the, the student athlete is it really highlighted in that video, not everybody else, because it could be some better students, <laughs> better players on the team. But, you know, you, you want your kid to get that scholarship and send them out. You know, you can email these colleges and these coaches, look them up. Um, you can uh, send them to your if your coach has any connections uh, within your area. Um, but it's so many ways to get exposure now, whether it's posting it on YouTube, posting it on your own personal web page or personal um, social media site um, or directly, again, reaching out to the coaches like, hey, I'm interested in coming to the school. I have these grades. You know, it's good to already have your ducks in a row. Um, I have these grades. I've already been, some kids have already been accepted to some colleges, but, um, and, and that's not necessarily a, uh, you know, the, the, the definite thing you have to have done already, but you want to make sure that you at the very least are on the path. Oh, I'm set to take the SAT or SAT on this date. Um, you know, I plan to take it in a year or so, you know, um, so, so. but how, how many colleges do you recommend that they, uh, apply to? Well, I mean, I work in sales now too, so I think it's kind of like that uh, that seven to one rule, right? So I reach out to seven businesses to get one deal, and it's the same thing, you know, at least seven uh, to ten. You can reach out to as many as you want, you know. Mm -hmm. I remember because colleges will reach out to you as well. You know, some kids get you know thirty college letters or interests. You know, it doesn't have to be a Division One school. Uh, which is considered, you know, the top top of the top in competition. It could be a Division two or Division three school, you know, depending on, um, you know, what 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 level the student athlete has played. Um, but it, it's not something that you know you have to say. Oh, I have to go to a Division one or Division. Whoever really has the scholarships um, as well. So I would reach out to as many schools, whatever interests you. Um, and a lot of times student athletes, they go, you know, based off the talent and everything and based off, oh, I want to go to Duke or UConn or, you know, some of these big schools, they can kind of have uh, their eyes really big and not understand the work that some of these student athletes have put in or that understand that these kids may be already six, five, <laughs> uh, you know, in height and have played their whole lives. Um, so you have to be realistic as well. So you want to make sure that um, even if you're looking up schools, you know, okay, what school has a degree in the major that I want to do? Because um, just I have had a wonderful career after playing college basketball, whether it was coaching, working in financial publishing or getting back into sales and sports. Um, I didn't go to the WNBA, you know, and not that I had my sights necessarily set on going to the WNBA, but the realistic uh, or the reality of everything is most people don't go to pro, you know? Um, so some will, of course, um, some will have the opportunity to go overseas and play professional in other countries, uh, but most people don't go pro. Um, so you have to make sure that you're being realistic about life, uh, about where you want to go uh, in life. So, you know, this is a means to end. You're, you're, for some people, it's a means to end. It's a means to pay for your college education in order for you to do whatever it is that you want in life. So when you talk about somebody going to school to be, uh, you know, going majoring in business, you know, you look up the best schools that have the best business schools and you can kind of see, all right, well, you know, I've watched their games. I've seen them, you know, I can fit in with this talent caliber possibly. 
Um, but you have to be realistic about it. And a lot of times these schools that are reaching out to you, once you have your film, they will uh, reach out to you and I'll ask you what your interests are and what your major is. And, you know, I wouldn't recommend just picking a school based on their talent caliber necessarily or what they've done in the, you know, it passed just as far as athletics. You have to make sure that they have your like interest because you don't want to get to a university and you're not really that interested in your major because other things kind of fall off from there, you know, when you're not doing your schoolwork properly and you're not really motivated to do it. So, so you're encouraging, um, the student to really focus on their academics as well as their athletics. So could you tell us for parents that may not know, because I didn't know as a parent, the difference between a division one, division two, division three college, I wanted you to go to college, but you brought to my attention how important it was to attend a D one school. So just briefly, just talk about, you know, the difference between the D one, D two, D three. Well, it's really just the size of the universities and the funding that they receive. Um, Wash U, for example, here in St. Louis is considered the Harvard of the Midwest. So it's one of the best schools um, here in the Midwest and just overall in the nation, really. But Wash U is also a Division three school, as well as most other Ivy League schools um, that, that, you know, like what Brown University uh, they're, I'm sorry, they're Division One. I'm sorry, but some, some, some of the other Ivy Leagues are also, or second tier Ivy League schools are Division Three. Um, so you'll get a really good education. You'll get the chance, the opportunity to play. Some of them don't offer full scholarships, but they can find money for you in different ways. Um, but on the other hand, too, like I said, Brown University, Yale, Princeton, those are Division One universities, and you can get. And um, uh, you can't get athletic scholarships, to my knowledge, for those schools just because they are um, heavily academia based. Uh, but you are able to get money and funding from other areas within the college to play there. Um, now, there's a ton of schools, Drury University, um, you know, all different schools, Bradley, around uh, the St. Louis area in Illinois and everything that are not Division One schools. Um, and with Division One schools, again, like I said, those are most of the schools that have um, a larger population, uh, that state funding as well, uh, some of them have. And then uh, a lot of the Division Two, Division Three schools are much smaller. But um, all in all, you'll get a good education. It's a college degree at the end of the day. So you can't look at it like, oh, I, I'm going to a Division One, Division Two, or Division Three school. And then on the flip side, you also have junior colleges. Um, and with junior colleges, those are um, schools you'll go to get your associate's degree. You, you're, you, you can't get a full bachelor's degree, a four-year degree uh, from those schools. And some students that may not have the grades just yet, uh, they go to junior colleges to get their grades up and kind of get their feet wet and feel how college is. And once they've proven and passed those courses in junior college, they're able to uh, enroll into a four-year university. And they'll, those credits generally transfer over. So they come in as a sophomore or junior um, and are able to continue their matriculation through and have their college degree, as well as still continue to play their sport. Most junior colleges offer the same exact sports that you play um, in the four-year universities. And those junior colleges have uh, a pipeline to most of these larger universities, whether they're Division One, Division Two, or Division Three, where they can, um, you know, whether they're talking to the coaches or uh, these coaches are coming down to the games to watch them and recruit 
scout out these junior college players. Um, I, I recruited a ton of junior college players over the time in the course that I coached. Um, and it would just could have been at the time I went to see them play their senior year. They may have been all good, checked every box, but maybe one of their test scores didn't match up. So they weren't eligible to play at the time at a four-year university. So I may have circled back two years later once they're, uh, or circle back once they're in junior college, went to see them play, see that they still have a good head on their shoulders. They're still moving towards the goal to graduate and they're doing everything they're supposed to do. So that way I was able to come back and, um, you know, re recruit them later on. So um, it worked out all in all in the end. They may have still ended up in my university um, or even another university. Um, but it, it's so many different ways that you can do it. So don't ever, you know, discount yourself out or say, oh, well, I didn't get the test scores this time around. It's always going to be other opportunities. And there's so many other ways that you get into college, get a scholarship and get your education paid for. Great, 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 great. You know, uh, you seem like you really took an interest in basketball. Um, um, somewhere around uh, middle school, sixth grade, I wanted you to do tap dance and ballet and <laughs> cheerleading. And uh, your heart and passion, uh, you know, became evident when you were um, in, in middle school. So what advice would you give to parents uh, when they see uh, their child um, going in a certain direction? It doesn't have to necessarily be athletically, but what advice would you give um, parents or another sister um, when their child comes to them and say, hey, I want to play this sport. I want to play this instrument. How, how would you advise them in cultivating um, a gift that they see in yeah, their child. I think it's very important to, once you recognize it, it's very important to hone in on whatever that gift or skill is, or even interest. Some people are not good at it just yet, but if they have the interest, more than likely they're going to sit for the practice to do it. So as parents, as a community in general, whether, um, you know, you can take the kid to practice or take the kid to the lesson or not, you know, um, sign them up. You know, it's a, it takes a village to raise a child. It really does. And I was blessed enough to have neighbors as well as family friends and um, friends of my pa uh, parents of my friends that were able to help me out. My mom and dad were not able to take me to every single practice and game and everything like that, but I was able to get there by the help of my community. So I think it's very important to, when you see that the kid has an interest in something to really cultivate it and make sure that they finish each season. That was one thing that my mom made us do. You know, once we said, oh, I wanna be a tap dancer, I wanna do ballet. Um, and then once I found, oh, I wanna play basketball, you know, I, I wanted to pivot right away or gymnastics. I wanted to stop doing the tap and ballet, but she made me finish that season. You're going to learn everything that you have to learn throughout this uh, court. You're going to finish it. So that was something that was very important. Um, but you have to, you know, really try to cultivate wherever it is that a child has an interest. And like I said, it doesn't have to necessarily be uh, in sports. It could be drama club. It could be instruments. It could be, you know, because when you learn early on, um, you know, or have the interest in what you want to do early on and you start to be exposed to it, you know, even if, it's, you know, the kid says, oh, I love animals. I want to be a vet. You know, they're internships. They are summer programs where the kids can just simply go volunteer. You know, that's like free daycare or free camp. 
drop the kid off, you know, in the morning and have them volunteering at the vet and vet all day. Um, yeah, and that, that teaches them responsibility. Exactly. Definitely. Teaching them responsibility. They're around uh, other vet. They're learning firsthand, you know, what it takes to do this. So by the time that they get, you know, in school, you know, some of this stuff is coming second nature to them. And some of these uh, always refresh. Oh, I did this. I remember, you know, uh, summers ago, you know, every summer I used to go to the vet and I used to help out. I used to help Dr. So-and-so and the nurses and this, that, and the third, you know, and it's so many different things that kids can volunteer for different programs that, you know, that they are able to do. And it's never too late, you know, whether you're seven years old or 16 years old, or even 18, um, it's really important to try to do some of those things, or at least get a little bit of exposure um, in some regard. So I think it's just like very important, like I said, to just cultivate and hone in on whatever skill or interest a child has, uh, because you never know. Um, you know, <laughs> I was watching the Little Richard uh, documentary and, you know, uh, as wild and crazy and everything as he was, you know, he said that this is what I want to do. This is what I want to do. And his mother was very supportive of him even with him being, you know, gay in the South and everything else like that, you know, they could have just shut his mouth and said, sit down here. You're going to go work uh, in the coal mining and do all that stuff. But she said, go ahead, be free, do what you want to do. And he did, you know, and he's left a huge legacy um, and really just, you know, has changed the whole uh, game for rock and roll and everything else, you know, and how we look at music as well. So it, it's never um, a good thing to kind of just hush your kid up and say, you know, we, we'll try it later. We'll try it later. You know, just like we'll, we put stuff off all the time, um, even as adults, you know, oh, well, I'll do it or, I, or we come up with excuses. So getting a kid in the mindset of, hey, this is what you said you wanted to do. Let's try to do it. That's the main thing. Good, 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 good. Um, you're listening to Sisters Helping Sisters. I am in it, I am interviewing Brittany Amanda Dotson, my daughter. She is a former um, basketball coach uh, for the girls' basketball team at Morgan State University. Brittany holds a master's degree in um, business and an undergraduate undergraduate degree in telecommunications and <laughs> well, you, public relations. Public relations, yes. So you've also had other athletic um, um, jobs or uh, careers. So is there anything you feel you haven't done that you would like to do? Um, I think as I get older, I find myself being more creative and in the arts. I've always been very creative and expressive, either through my clothing, my hair or something or another. Absolutely. Um, but I think as I get older, um, it's not necessarily a specific career path, right? Um, I think that I definitely want to be able to make my own money for myself without having to like answer to anyone. Um, so real estate is something that I know is definitely in my near future. Uh, to build a, a nice portfolio and to be able to have that and be um, just uh, really independent and have that autonomy to kind of travel and live my life how I want to live. Um, and in addition to just creating, you know, I think um, over the past year, you know, we shop so much and buy so much clothes and all this fast fashion that's uh, that comes at us, Shein and uh, you know, all these websites, Fashion Nova and all these, you know, you can buy all these clothes in bulk, even on Amazon, you know, uh, you could buy all these clothes in bulk, 
but I think um, when you have these really, um, really original pieces, you know, when they kind of turn heads, people, you know, that makes you feel good. But for me, uh, it's like, you know, let me just start creating my own things. Uh, and I mean that in a sense of with the things that I already have, I have enough clothes, a closet full of clothes and shoes uh, that I feel like I can upcycle. So I think, um, you know, I have a sewing machine, I have my little station now. Um, so, oh, I, I need a dress for something. Let me put these two dresses together or recreate this. Um, and, and, you know, whether it's with a pattern or some fabric I already have, um, you know, I tried to just kind of be a little bit more original in my clothing and my style. Uh, I take time out to paint um, every now and then uh, some original pieces. Um, so I do like to make sure that I'm still expressing myself creatively. Um, and then I've, I've all of a sudden have taken an interest. My mom always said I had gifted hands, but um, growing up, I actually, I played the trumpet for all of my elementary, and, I'm sorry, my middle school and high school years, but I was never really that good at the trumpet. Uh, well. <laughs> I was never really that good at the trumpet until, or any, I didn't think I was a very good instrumental person in general. You know, I'm not a very good vocalist at all, but so I was in instrumental, but I'd never would, thought I was very good at it, but it was just the instrument that I was using. So, you know, you have to blow into a horn to get the different notes and the different tones and variations. Um, it wasn't until I took a piano guitar. My, my, uh, she was my, <laughs> Marquita Reef was a wonderful music teacher for us in, uh, in high school. And, you know, she, I love her so much now, you know, I had her in for music history and stuff, but she never like chastised me for not being as good, that good or anything like that. She did put a lot of pressure on me or even make me come and sit for other extra practices. But it wasn't until I took piano guitar with her that I really actually learned how to read music. And that was like my junior year in high school. So I think I have a, a interest now, or I have had, for a while, I just don't have a piano, but I, I would like to, you know, really uh, kind of hone in on that a little bit more and start playing the piano um, and just kind of see where that goes. Because when I sit down at a piano, it does feel very familiar. Um, and now I know how to read music, uh, but I, I think that's something else that I want to ex uh, start exploring creatively as well. Good. I always say, as long as you have breath in your body, that it's never too late mm -hmm. to pursue your passion, your dreams, or whatever it is that you want. Um, that's my quote. You know, as long as you have breath in body, in your body, you still have time to do uh, the wonderful things that God has put inside of you to do. So, do you have a special quote you'd like to leave with the sisters? Before we go, um, or a book that you'd like to recommend, um, I would say um, a quote. Just do it, okay? Like Nike, I just saw that uh, Air movie, <laughs> but just do it, honestly, because it's like you have to be able to get up and go and start. You know, I'll, I'll just say that. Like she said, it's never too late to start you have to get up and start somewhere. We kind of drag our feet the older we get and say, oh, I can't do this because of this. I have these, I got the kids, I got this. You got a spouse. You have so many obstacles that you think are in front of you, but you would be amazed at how you are stepping up over all these obstacles once you start and you know, you get, God will start opening up doorways and paths 
for you to execute your goals and your dreams, but you, you really just have to start. So just do it, just start it. Just start it, just do it. I like that. Well, thank you so much, Ms. Brittany Amanda Dotson for sharing part of your day and time with us. We do appreciate it. This is Sisters Helping Sisters. We're here Tuesdays at seven o'clock p.m. And we'd love to have you come back. If you'd like to be a part of Sisters Helping Sisters, please email me at shellonthemic at gmail.com. That's shell, C-H-E-L-L-E, on the mic, M-I-C, at gmail.com. Once again, thank you, Brittany, for being here. And um, until next time, everybody have a wonderful evening. I'm Michelle Dillard, your host, and we'll be right back here next Tuesday.